Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway for You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Welcome to this spoiler review for episode five of the third season of Picard Imposters. Are we the real Geek Buddies? We'll find out, but we are here to talk about it. Uh, here blood. From... <laughs> I'm gonna test my blood. Even then, you gotta really go inside my intestines and do intense interrogation of my intestines to find out if I'm really that. But anyway, we are here to do the spoiler review for it. Here from the Geek. Buddies! Minus one. Hey! 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 Well, I guess for this one, though, we don't need to say minus one because Shannon never joined. Oh, we are. Yeah, we're not minus one. He was out from the get-go. But I'm back. You are back. Mr. Morris Morris sat in for me last week. Lovely uh, lovely to have a tried-and-true Star Trek geek here to uh, to talk. I was mad. I will say this before we dive in. I... That you can't stream Paramount Plus in New Zealand. Like, it's oh, one no. of the streamers that doesn't translate. So, oh, wow. I actually couldn't watch last week's episode in New Zealand. So, I was really right. pissed. Um, and then when I got back, it was one of the first things that I watched. Yeah. And I was really pissed that I missed the review <laughs> for that one because it was so good. Yeah. And I was like, God damn. And then I watched this week's episode, and I'm like, well, shit, no. Let's talk about this because it's even better. <laughs> this show just keeps getting better and better, and I can't – I cannot underscore how amazing this show is. Yeah. It's yeah, great. I, it is 100% great. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. You were you were missed last week, but I think Steve Morris did a fantastic job co-hosting Enterprise Incidents. Did a great job breaking it down. And Steve, very schooled in the TNG mythology as well, so it was a fun back and forth. But, yes – would have been great to get your thoughts on it. But we are here now to talk about this episode, Imposters, uh, which was fantastic from top to bottom, I think. Had me getting emotional on a, on, a, on a morning watching this episode. Twice I got emotional watching this thing. You know, being an older person, you when they write certain stories of certain characters, looking back on their lives, looking back on the hubris and the, the uh, arrogance and the piss and vinegar of your younger years and how that, when you get older... Like that kind of stuff coming back, you start to understand because you want people to understand you as you're older. You have to also create the space to understand them. And so we got a fantastic resolution to a 30-year conversation in the making between Rolaren and Picard here that led to yet again Rolaren in a way showing Picard yet again who the hell she's been 
this whole time. And only now at the end does Picard pull the avatar and say, I see you before she blows up in that <laughs> shuttle. So just a phenomenal episode from top to bottom, plus the Rafi and Worf stuff, which I thought which was finally weaving back into the main storyline here, finding out that Roe was the handler. Really great stuff here. Michael, what did you think overall? I know you just said how great the show is getting, but overall this specific episode, what did you think of it? it well, after last week's episode, which could have been a season finale, it was yeah. so great. I mean, just like 100%. firing on all Next Generation cylinders. Yeah. Uh, like every character having their moment, everyone working together to like get out of an impossible situation. Like honestly, had that been episode 10, I would have been like, well, this show was amazing. And it kind of gets them out of the predicament they were in for the first four episodes. And so then this episode comes in and picks up the bigger thread of what's going, the thread of what's going Mm -hmm. on. And this last week's episode was action movie thrilling. Yes. Like, we're going to die. How are we going to get out of this? Yeah. Let's fucking go for the impossible. Let's go for it. This week was not action movie thrilling. This move, this week was emotional yeah. thrilling. Yeah. Um, you know, they really dove into the, you know, the infiltration of the changelings. Yeah. Who can you trust? Uh, you know, not really knowing what's going on. So there was a lot of sort of intrigue going on, but bringing Ro Laren in took what would have been an awesome episode. Like, had it just been, here's a Starfleet officer, can we trust them or not? New character, don't really know who it is. But to pick up this piece of Star Trek The Next Generation lore and bring in this character that has this giant unresolved issue with Picard and using that unresolved issue to sort of prove that she is who she says she is so that you can like move this bigger intrigue plot about the changelings coming in infiltrating Starfleet. It was just masterful. And I think that, uh, it, it is like truly, I mean, I, I'm probably going to continue saying this for the rest. I hope I'm going to continue saying this for the rest of the season. Yeah. But there was, I tweeted this the other day after I watched this episode that there are certain things, there are certain stories in Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek can get cheesy. Star Trek can have its moments where we're sure. like, do I still love Star Trek? I don't know. <laughs> but there are certain stories that define what Star Trek is. You know, Wrath of Khan is obviously one. First oh, yeah. Contact is one. Voyage Home, I think, in a lot of ways, yeah. is one. Sure. Um, and, and even in the TV series, like, there's always those episodes that you're like, this. Yeah. No, Locutus Borg. Like, you know, like, oh, you yeah. know, Seven of Nine coming into Voyage. Like, there's certain things and storylines that you're like, this is what Star Trek is. All of season three of Picard is Star Trek, but this story in particular, this Ro Laren story and the yeah. sacrifice she makes just is going to be one of those Star Trek things that we as fans are going to be talking about for years and years and years and years. Yeah, agree with you. And and this is this is one that really brought home some lessons of um Star Trek, you know, the idea of what is your um loyalty? What is your duty? Is it to the is it to Starfleet? Is it to yourself? You know, these things they get talked about and explored all the time in Star Trek, which I think is really fascinating. I like that in in sci-fi. I like that in these space opera fantasies. I like that in these in these franchises to explore the idea of where does your loyalty lie, how loyal should you be, and how should you be judged by the things that you're doing with that loyalty. So we've seen that turned on Picard in the first two seasons uh, of Picard as well, and then we're seeing it here now with the role Lauren back and forth. With him and uh, him and her, and uh, with Picard and her in the uh, in the uh, ten forward there, so there was so much uh, juicy stuff to 
uh, get into here, but also the changeling stuff. You know, let's not forget the drama of it all, the essentially the secret invasion situation going on here in Star Trek with the changeling. And now that they've evolved into uh, some new form of themselves, that makes everybody suspect in this whole situation. And the fact that it goes all the way up to the highest levels of Starfleet makes us wonder what, uh, yeah. who else we're going to see be a changeling or not be a changeling and the suspicion around all of it. So I'm just very, very interested to see where this is going to go. And I think before we dive in, I think another overall thing that's really kind of key to what's making this season of Picard so great is, you know, Gene Roddenberry's rules about Star Trek back in the day were very clear. The Federation was great. Yes. This is, you know, in in a time when the real world was dealing with a lot of strife, America was dealing with a lot of strife, the Federation was supposed to be this pinnacle of like, Federation's doing everything right. This is what we as human beings could achieve. And additionally, the characters, all of the people on the crew of a ship, they didn't really have personal conflict. They didn't get in a lot of fights. They didn't hate each other. They all kind of got along. It was always the nebula outside. It was always the outside forces that you had to deal with because Gene Roddenberry was like, let's just show how humanity works when everyone is together. And... In Next Generation, in- interestingly enough, the introduction of Ro Laren in Next Generation yeah. was to have a character that was a little bit outside the Federation yes. that didn't put up with everyone's shit. Like, she right. was put in the show. I think she was the first Bajoran character ever introduced in Star Trek. And she was put Possibly. in the show to be a little bit combative, to sort of poke at the Federation a bit, yeah. which is where a lot of her and Picard's relationship grew out of but this series and what they're doing um obviously there's a bigger changeling threat that has infiltrated the federation but beverly crusher and jack crusher right off the bat are like there's things that the federation's not doing we're just trying to help people out yeah rolaren showing up being like look what the federation was doing back in the day the reason that i defected uh was because I didn't agree with everything. So this show is not only poking holes in the Federation and what it represents, but it's also poking holes in Picard. Like, let's show where you made mistakes, where you were wrong about something, where you, your uh, arrogance at times and your uh, stubbornness. Why are you TNG people so afraid to go after your captain? I go after Kirk all the time. I just said. You guys are so hesitant. To to deconstruct the deity of Picard, he makes I'm, mistakes. He's a human. I'm being. saying this whole this whole season is deconstructing the deity that is Picard, and I'm it's saying true. that it's working. It's, it's really really great. <laughs> but you struggle to say uh, arrogance. Of course, he's an arrogant prick sometimes. He's Picard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I will say this, and you know, Terry Metalis, who's the showrunner. He, he retweets our reviews. He said he's watched our reviews, which is really kind of him. So if you're watching, hey Terry. Hey, Terry, if you're watching now, this is a great um, uh, full circle moment for Rolarn, and I'll tell you why. This is episode five of season three. She debuted uh, in season five of episode three of uh, Next Generation. So such a fascinating full circle here. It is it, it, three to five, five to three. Yep. It's perfect. It's so perfect. So what a fantastic way. Ensign Rose, the one. She was on for quite some time was the first, I think she was the first Bajoran introduced in Star Trek, took on this role, and she was asked to come back, I think it was for Discovery, uh, and then, was that Discovery? No, I think, no, 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 I think that 
the idea everyone liked Bro Laren so much. I think the idea was like, let's spin her off into a series. She didn't want to come back. That's why we got Kira in Deep oh, no, Space no. Nine. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. She was approached to star in Deep Space Nine right. as this character, then turned it down because she wanted to do other things, have more variety in her career. And that's when they brought in uh, Kira Neres, yeah. uh, who was played by Na uh, Nana Visitor. So yeah, so the interesting, we could have had Bro Lauren even more involved in all of, might've been matched Worf's time on Star, on, on all across all Star Trek episodes, but certainly bringing her back here was great. And Michelle Forbes, just an incredible actress, by the way, from Dr. Killed it, she yeah. killed it. Yeah, yeah, she's been so good. I've been a fan of her since this role and Homicide, those were the one-two punches for me that got me on board with her and just enjoyed her going forward and always loved watching her in her career. But anyway, uh, we should jump into the, before we just start going all over this, we should jump into this episode. Let's We're do it. split it up into two sections. We're going to talk the Picard, Jack, Beverly, Ro Lawrence stuff, Riker, Shaw, all of that, and then take a break and then jump into Rafi and, um, and uh, uh, Morph there and what happened there and finding out that she's a handler. So anyway, uh, I'm not going to do all the specific, specific stuff, so I'm just going to rush through it real quick. Jack starting out here, having the visions again. We've got right. What is this all about? We're seeing more of the tentacles. He shoots everybody on the bridge of the Titan and comes to. And then we see uh, Riker doing the log, which remember at the end of last episode, it was Picard doing the log. Well, this is Riker doing the log. And it's the first time he's done a log since Next Generation. So nice to hear him doing the log. We see them all co uh, congregating in a room here with Shaw and Seven of Nine and Riker and Picard. And he hands over to control the Titan back to Shaw. Shaw says, I've already called Starfleet. They're on their way. So I'm going to leave you guys in here to come up with your bullshit story. And I'm going to roll on out of here. <laughs> and so it's so kind of funny to see them all kind of putting that all together as they're doing that. But anyway, uh, and, uh, we, and he talks to Jack and, and uh, we leave. Yeah, right. Picard he talks to Jack and Beverly wants to examine the changeling. That's the thing. She, wa she wants to examine the changeling. Picard says, go ahead and do it. Picard offers Jack Starfleet. And he refuses it. So that's something to kind of consider in the overall of this. But then the USS Intrepid shows up. They send a shuttle of security officers. They they don't want to use the transporter room the sh coming up in the shuttle. So that's a little weird. What's that all about? Uh, and then we see Shaw humming and he's all chipper in the uh, in the oh uh, uh, elevator going down with uh, Picard and Riker. And then they, they say, well, listen, we saved the galaxy many times. And Shaw's like, yeah, but like about all these other times and the shit that you pulled referencing some stuff from generations from the one of the other insurrection insurrection or yeah. yeah insurrection and then the uh, uh one of the series one of the shows there so we see that and then uh the uh the door opens and it's rollar and my god everyone kind of freaks out a little bit on this but before this picard had asked seven of nine to do a favor for him and she, he we find out that he essentially told seven of nine to get jack into a starfleet uniform so that these changelings wouldn't be able to find him Beverly, we see her down in the uh, sick bay analyzing the changeling that was shot from last episode and killed. She finds out that they haven't regressed the liquid form and that their blood, they have blood like plasma, but it has no DNA and they only revert to liquid form after intense dissection. So to her, they have evolved. So Picard and Riker, now we cut to Picard and Riker and Ro Lauren and they're having this conversation. Picard and Riker are initially having a conversation first before Ro Lauren shows up about what happened about her joining the Maquis, about her betraying Picard in Picard's mind and betraying the Federation and the audacity that she would question them about their loyalty and treason and all of that. And Riker's like, you know what? Let me do all the talking in this situation. <laughs> and then Rose shows up and Rose says, get Riker on out of here. I got to have a back and forth with Picard. So 
in the moment, you're thinking to yourself, okay, she's got an ax to grind. She's going to go after him. But when you look at it after the episode's over, she clearly wants to find out if Picard is a changeling or not. Yep. He wants to find out if she's a changeling or not because Beverly sends in a message saying, don't trust anyone. They can be anybody. They have blood like plasma. Don't trust anybody. So she's a little concerned, or, or Picard's rather a little concerned about this situation. So um, we hear uh, this. So we see Jack later having another vision of the transporter room and people dying. He snaps back to reality and kind of walks away out of that situation. So that kind of stuff. But then, but then we see that um, Roe, we see that Picard gets the message from Beverly, as I mentioned. Now we start to see why they didn't use the transporters. Roe finally explains how she was accepted back into Starfleet and she wants to know about the changeling. And she goes on about this and we'll get into the specifics, of course. So she, he says they have it in sick bay. They head to sick bay and he says we should let them know. But then she pulls her phaser, leads him into the hollow deck, and uh, he pulls his he pulls his own phaser once he gets behind the bar. And it's it's Guinan's phaser, and they have a battle, I say verbal battle, 30 years uh in waiting, yeah. and they end with revealing that they each broke each other's hearts. And Roe tells him that Starfleet is compromised at the highest level. We cut to these security officers that are looking for Jack. They're clearly cha- changelings. And Roe tells Picard that changelings have compromised Starfleet on all levels. There have been issues for months. She wants to know what he knows about the plans for Frontier Day. Apparently, the entire fleet will be on display. And she reveals that there have been 12 incidents across multiple starships dealing with changelings that have been kept quiet. She tells him about the attack on the Starfleet Recruitment Center because, of course, they wouldn't know about that because they've been dealing with all this stuff uh, with with uh, the. They've with, been uh, in a nebula. They've Batic, been in a nebula. nebula. Exactly. They've been in a gravity well, for God's sakes. Uh, Picard wants to go to Admiral Janeway or Chancellor Rowe. Rowe says she, she hasn't been able to get through their handlers. Uh, she says she has a couple of intelligence agents on the ground. Clearly, she is referencing Worf and Raffi down there. Rowe says she transferred most of the Titan crew to Intrepid. He, so she's left him a skeleton crew on the Titan and the need to take off. Rose says she's headed to the Intrepid to buy them some time. They have this fantastic closure of back and forth between each other about how much she wanted him to know what was in her heart and how she wished she had known what was in his all this year, all these years. Beautiful stuff. And then he, she leaves him with the Bajoran earring, which, of course, is something that Picard referenced. It was a big deal when she came on the uh, Next mm-hmm. Generation for the first time. He realized that it was her ego when she claimed it was something to do with her religion. So that all gets referenced here. And now he has the earring, which I knew then. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. All right, so she takes the security guards with her on the shuttle. Picard and Riker come in to talk to Shaw and Seven of Night. Picard says they have to run. Shaw calls on security. Uh, Riker says, belay that order. And he says, how dare you? And then Picard says, you got to trust me. Something bigger is going on here. We see Roe on the shuttle with the security guys. They turn on her, transport out, and leave a bomb on the shuttle. She hails the Titan, tells him of her situation, and they say, you got to come back so we can get you back on board. And she says, no, I've got, I'm going to do what you did for me, which is to give you a fighting chance. And she turns the shuttle and heads towards the Intrepid and slams into it and explodes and dies, which is heartbreaking. Picard says, I see her, I see you, before she goes off screen, and he is in tears, just broken. And then the changelings, uh, but Sean doesn't want to run, and eventually gives in after being peppered by everybody, calls a red alert, calls for battle stations. The changelings come upon Jack, he turns into Jason Bourne, and kills these motherfuckers, and then the Titan warps on out of there before the Intrepid's bombs can get to them. Riker and Picard are talking, and Will reveals that the earring the Bajoring earring that Rolaren gave Picard is a data chip, which has her entire investigation on it, which she told Picard she's been doing for quite some time there. 
uh, and they get an incoming transmission. And let's stop there. So, um, uh, uh, Mike, your overall thoughts on all this stuff. I just want to give the broad overview. What did you What did you think of all of this, and what do you want to talk about? Oh, fuck, man. That's a lot. Okay. I know. Let's dive in. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Couple things. Couple things. I'm just going to hit like broad, broad points, like from a character basis. Let's do it. One. Yeah. Beverly Crusher. Yes. Beverly Crusher. Two weeks in a row now, killing it as the doctor. Oh, my God. Who yes. figured out how they were going to get out of that nebula, out of that gravity well? Dr. Crusher. Dr. Crusher. Who figured out what's going on with these changelings? Dr. Crusher. Yeah. I also love that the doctor on the Titan who was giving her a bunch of attitude in uh, episode two about things yeah. have changed a lot has now just been like, all right, I'm going to let you do you because you clearly <laughs> yeah. are more adept at yeah. these crazy situations. So just really, I love that she's not, they didn't have her show up and go, hey, I gave birth to your son, Picard, and then step in the background. Like right, she is, right, right. she is, she is in this. She is on top of things. I really like what they're doing with her. Yeah. Um, I really like what they're doing with Jack Crusher. I mean, yeah. I both they're doing a really good job of maintaining this really compelling mystery, like what's going on with him, giving us a little bit. Like started off with the vision with Seven of Nine, yeah. continued last week. Now we've gotten more visions. We've gotten to see him really struggle with it, and we've gotten to see him go Jason Bourne. So yeah. there's a lot of really compelling stuff around the mystery, but equally, and I think he's doing a really nice job, like that scene with him and Picard oh, yeah, was really yeah. like, you see these two guys sort of circling around each other, and yeah. you can see how he wants to have this connection with Picard, but he also isn't sure about it. And then you see those, like Picard kind of like tosses Starfleet out there. But when Jack says that's not his thing, you see Picard like does this great, like he turns, like he's going to say something. He turns back, like the moments where Picard lets the armor go back up. Yeah. Where he almost comes out to like have that emotional moment. And then he's like, nope, I can't. I'm Jean-Luc Picard. Like watching this whole thing and watching <laughs> with Jack Crusher, with Rolaren, with all these characters, like we said, like they're breaking down Picard in this amazing, amazing way. And Jack Crusher is a big part of that, obviously. So I think yeah. he's doing a great job. I cannot say enough about how great Captain Shaw is as an addition I mean, to the Star Trek universe. Come on. This dude. Give him is, a show. There's. Have you ever heard the whole thing about like how the 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 humans in the in the Federation of Planets are like the hold my beer of the Federation? Yeah. Like how yeah. like both like good my brother and, and I, yes. Like 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 bad. like in every Star Trek ever, like the Vulcans <laughs> are the smartest. Yeah. The Klingons are like the most warlike, but somehow it's always the humans that are like, yeah, you know. Uh, we realized that the nebula was about to give birth, so we decided to go ahead and jumpstart the Enterprise and ride that baby out. Like, they're just, like, doing crazy shit. And Shaw is this character that is like, I don't want your crazy shit. Yeah. I am here to be a captain. I, and, like, his whole thing about the chicken and egg, he's like, yeah, you guys say you saved the universe a bunch of times, but you kind of broke it first. So you just basically fixed your own mistake. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you guys. So he he's great, but like, and they're doing a really good job of making every decision he makes believable. So even when you get to the end of the episode and Riker's like, we got to go. They don't let Shaw be like, okay, I guess we're yeah. going. Like Shaw's like, yeah. you guys are crazy. And it's not until Riker literally says, he's like, you don't have to believe us. Like believe your own eyes. Yeah. Like this yeah. ship 
is a, the intrepid is about to fire on us. Yeah. What would you like to do? So they're just, they're keeping him this great, it, it's it's exactly what he said, uh, I believe in last week's episode, that at a certain point he traded charm for being an asshole, but yeah. he really is a charming asshole. So, <laughs> yes. you know, even yeah. before you get to the Roller and stuff, like every single character, also just, you know, Riker didn't have a ton to do in this episode, but I feel like, they have just got this Riker. I'm yeah. gonna say that this season of Picard has a Riker Picard dynamic yeah. that is maybe better than I've ever seen Riker and Picard. And maybe it's just because they are older, because Riker's been a captain, but yeah. Riker is this great counterbalance to Picard. Like he's yeah. the one who Picard trusts the most, but he's also the one that, like you said, like when Rolaren shows up and he's like, ah, maybe. Maybe yeah. you're a little close to this. Maybe you need to calm down, buddy. <laughs> Even though she pulled a phaser on him, you would imagine Riker would yeah. be the one that was more upset because that's the last time he saw her, which Picard brings up. It's Riker who's like, you know what? I've been dealing with it. You know, you haven't been a dad. Why yeah. don't you just calm down for a little bit? Let me do this. Yeah, exactly. So all that being said, so every every character, they're just doing a great job. Like every character is serviced. Every character has yeah. something to do. Every yeah. character is moving things forward. No one is left behind. Um, but then this Picard Rolaren thing, like like you said, I mean, it's like it's a Picard. This is an unresolved issue for him, and it's an yeah. issue that if you're a Next Generation fan, you just thought it was going to be an unresolved issue. Like he right. he grew Forty close years. with Rolaren. He really kind of like she looked up to him. He yeah. was kind of like taking her on, and then when she defected, it was really rough. And then you know it was Star Trek: The Next Generation. So the next right. week. Well, there was a new thing. There was the Ferengi were doing this, or there was this nebula, or there was this lava monster on this lava planet, and we right. left it all behind. But to pick that up, and just the anger that he has when he sees, the anger that she is back in Starfleet after defecting, the yeah. anger that she is questioning him, the anger that he has, and the fact that the only way, because then you, like, then you dive into, like you said, they fully set it up like, oh, she's a changeling. Yeah. Yeah, like she yeah. didn't use the transporter. She's not she wearing showed the earring. And she's yeah. not wearing the earring, which was like, yeah. to me, I, the earring is great because they they did a triple use of the earring that was really great. Like the fact that if you remember that episode where she wouldn't yeah. take her earring off, the fact yeah. that she wasn't wearing her earring, you're like, oh, she's a changeling. Definitely right. a changeling. This is, this is the key. This is the trick right here. Yeah. And then when she takes him into 10 forward and isn't even going to the sick bay, you're like, oh. For sure, she is a changeling. Totally like, a changeling. They, right. This is yeah. absolutely where we are going with this. This is a really cool reveal. This is how we know, whatever. Yeah. And then they have that conversation, and oh, to the the whole the whole idea that both of them can't trust the other one. Yeah. And the only way that we are going to trust each other is to just air all of our shit mm -hmm. because. A changeling might be able to know the broad strokes of Rolaren's life in Starfleet and her defection, but they're not going to know to that detail the hurt and the trauma and the distrust and the yeah. anger and the disappointment. And so for them to trust each other, they have to air all of it. Yeah. And then they're both like, Oh, you are who you say you are. Now let's talk about this bigger threat. Like it was just mm -hmm. satisfying. I mean, it, it, like I said, it was satisfying in a way that I didn't know that I needed this. It's a it's a relationship that I haven't thought about in literally decades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And to get that resolution in a way that was so satisfying and also so tied to this bigger overarching story yeah. um, was just like magic. It was just awesome. And then, you know, to, for her to like lay everything out, the fact that she is Worf's handler ties these two stories together yeah. just really eloquently. And then like her giving him the earring, I was like, oh man, this is a great emotional moment. Like great, <laughs> great, great moment number two with the ring. And I'm like, all right, I'm very satisfied. They really tied up that ring story. <laughs> okay, we're I'm good. I'm glad they did that. That's we're good. We're, we're done with the ring. We're good. And then just everything that happens, just like oh. her, you know, as soon as those guys beam off that ship, you're like, yep. well, Ro Rose going down, like yeah. Rose doing. But then when she turns and flies in on the Intrepid and then they have that whole, I see you, I get you moment. Like I was like, you oh. already gave me the resolution I thought I needed. And now you're just punching me in the gut. And then when Riker's like, oh yeah, this is an old spy trip. And, and then it's like, oh, so now not only is this ring and like a really nice emotional button, yeah. but it's a giant plot device. And then it ties them into Worf. So yeah. like it's some, some writers, some directors, some creators are just really good at emotional stuff. Mm -hmm. And you go see something and you're like, emotionally, this satisfied me. Plot, maybe it was a little fuzzy. Um, but emotionally it was good. And some people are like, all plot, all plot, all plot. Yeah, yeah. And maybe a little like, hold back on emotion christopher nolan for example um this is like you said that i did this yes. i mean i love christopher nolan but emotionally <laughs> he's 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 almost as stunted as picard don't tell but, mcconaughey that because he was crying his face off in interstellar but all right fair fair point <laughs> but this is one of those stories where they are taking every emotional beat and tying mm. it into the plot and the intrigue and everything i mean Secret Invasion better watch out when it comes no out because shit. they are they are out Secret Invasioning Secret Invasion and Secret yeah. Invasion hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, like always, it's a marathon. These things and look right now, uh, Marvel is teetering on the ropes right now. And so you, when you're seeing a, a a show like this that beats it to the punch, you go, you better, yeah, exactly. Secret Invasion really better bring it. But yeah, dude, I mean the Rolaren stuff is, I mean the Jack and Beverly stuff is cool. Giving Beverly, I wish the Doctor would have a little bit more interaction with Beverly. I would like to see a little bit more. They're giving Jack some of her lines, or or um, they gave Ansel LaForge some of her lines. But I want the Doctor to have a little more to do with Beverly here. I want them to become a kind of a team. So I'd like, li I wish I could see more of that. But I do like that Beverly has an active part in this. You're absolutely right, Mike. And I don't think Gates and McFadden would have come back if they'd been like, yeah. Right. And then you just received in the background for a few episodes. You're like, fuck you. I don't need to do that shit. So yeah, so I like that they're giving him more of an active role. So I'm agree with you, with you on that. The Jack stuff is really mysterious to me. Is he one of these changelings that were evolving and evolved past the program that he was being created well, to do? I mean, that he happens. can't be. Right. I mean, he, he can't be a changeling. He's can like, he? I don't know. Well, he's Picard and Beverly's kid. He? He's human. Could he have disappeared and then come back as Jack? I'm just saying. There's something uh... here. I got a lot of questions. There's something here. Beverly even says to him, which I didn't bring up here and I should bring it up now. Beverly even says to him at the end of the episode, how did you know they were changelings? How did you instinctively know? And he says, I don't know. So we, what is his, and we hear the, uh, you know, come home, set us free, come back to us. You know, what does that mean? So when you say, someone says coming home, that means they're connected in some way to the thing that's asking them to come home. So I'm just really concerned yeah. about where this is going. So I've got questions on that, but yes, the, um, the Shaw and what you said about Shaw is so great. I mean, you're right. hundred percent. It's the little things for us who have seen so many great shows. 
we know that it's the little things that make the difference and making Shaw still, even after all that happened the last episode, even after him being injured, even after him relieving command, even after Picard and Riker being right about Vatic and getting out of the situation, he's still like, look, I've got rules to follow. And he's still got issues with Picard because of Lacutus Borg and what happened. So he's not going to hundred percent give into whatever Picard wants to do. So his, his whistling is yeah. great. Yeah. Look. His whistling when oh he God. was like, I am oh. finally done with you motherfuckers. <laughs> yes, he was right. like, you get the fuck off my shit, I son. am done. No more of this. And then you're like, nope. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. So Sorry, true. buddy. So you're true. going, the, you're in for the long haul. <laughs> <laughs> it's been real. It's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So, you know, seeing that. So I love that. And of course, I mean, he's just doing such a fantastic job with that role and, making it his own and I, I so i hope there's more to come down the road because he's such a fantastic character look the people loved anson mount as captain pike and they turned it into strange new worlds so i think travis should absolutely get himself a, a series with his captain shaw and i really love all the actors who are on the bridge who play the characters ensign laforge and all the actors i would love to get to know those characters and those actors more yeah in the series. they're really so hopefully yeah. They've done a really nice job. Everyone on the bridge is like very identifiable. Yeah, they got their personalities. Uh, yeah, yeah. And 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 like yeah, with very little. I mean, mm-hmm. Ensign LaForge obviously gets a little right, bit more right, play right. than some of the others, but there's yeah. the there's the bald Vulcan chick, there's the Bajoran guy. Like yeah. they're just they're they're each one of them has like some really not even from like episode 1 where you got yeah. right away that they were a little bit more loyal to seven of nine than they were maybe to Shaw all the way through everything that's been happening. Like even down to those actors, like everything is just kind of pitch perfect. Yeah. 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 So I I want Todd to have more time to do the things that he's doing here as captain Shaw. We'll see down the road if that happens, but yes, the role are stuff. I mean, for God's sakes, Michelle Forbes is such a fantastic seasoned, incredible actress She's been a part of multiple series, certainly sci-fi as well, being part of Battlestar Galactica as well. She's done Homicide. She's done all she's been doing recently, New Amsterdam. So she's been in a number of things um, and shown her work, you know. And so to see her come back and give the emotional heft of a performance between these two people who've been waiting 30 years. I mean, even Picard says, I've been practicing my Bajoran because I've wanted to have this conversation for 30 years. So he's like, I'm not going to be caught out. When, whenever I see this woman, there's going to be some furniture being rearranged, you know? So he, he knows he's ready to get into this thing <laughs> yeah, with her. For, so he's been preparing this thing. So for someone who is not known for being emotional. Yes. Like, you know, your boy Kirk is emotional all over the place. My like brother, yeah, yeah. Kirk, Kirk lands on a planet, starts crying and like, you know, acting <laughs> for the rafters. But Picard, for someone who is so sort of emotionally stunted to yeah. just see the vitriol that he had. I mean, he was mad. Yeah. Tea, he's, he's a tea kettle, man. He's like simmering. And then when he blows, he blows. The line must be drawn here. When he blows, he blows. Yep. And in this, you see that in this and the back and forth with him. And look, that, once again, two seasoned, experienced, fantastic actors going back and forth. Just like we got with Beverly and, uh, and Picard two episodes yep. ago when they're talking about Jack. This scene here in 10 Forward is just so good. It's rich. And the thing that's great about the back and forth is that you can see both of their points. You actually see the validity and why both of them feel the way they feel and why the things happen the way it happened. She was his mentee. He was her mentor. He was guiding her. He gave her a chance in Starfleet. Then she 
because he sent her into the Maki, and even Riker brings this up. You knew she might be empathetic to the situation. Yeah. You knew she might be empathetic to the cause. And Picard's like, well, she turned on us. She turned on the better, turned on me. And it's a personal thing. It's not about the Federation. It's about him. And so seeing that kind of thing, but this is who she is. And Picard was so caught up. And even um, um, uh, Rolaren calls him out on this. You were so, you only liked me when I was being loyal to you. And there's more to me than that. You didn't really see me and see why. And so yeah. that play, that pays dividends later in the episode when they have the first step of their closure and then the last step of their closure when she before she flies the shuttle into the Intrepid. I mean, so we talk a lot stuff. about how Shaw is not having the best day, yeah. but Picard might not be going toe to toe with him. Yeah. Like Shaw's like, I was just flying my ship, doing my thing. These assholes showed up <laughs> for an inspection. I got thrown in a nebula. Yeah. I got I got my my leg broke. Now my shit, like I got shot at by a portal yeah. gun. Like he's having a bad, but Picard's like, I, my my sometimes girlfriend who I haven't talked to in like twenty years <laughs> called me up and said, "Don't trust anybody." I had to go across the galaxy to save her. Found out I had a son that I didn't know about, and now the person that I clearly have unresolved issues with yeah. showed up, and I had to have it out with her. Oh, and by the way, changelings have infiltrated everybody, and I gotta yeah. like suss this out. Yeah. And I, I like that she, because it's perfect for her because she had to go back to square one. When she came back to Federation, she says, they questioned me. They, they had to reintegrate me. I had to start all over again. I had to earn my way into intelligence and then move up the ranks to this position. And so she, in those 30 years, has been busy first being part of the Maquis. But then when the Maquis become part of the Federation, she found her way back into the Federation because she does, at its core, believe in what the Federation wants to do but doesn't necessarily believe in the people who are in charge of the Federation or practicing the Federation's ethics. That happens. You can believe in a church or a religion or institution or whatever in the intended, in the intended or stated goals, but the people in charge of those institutions or those religions or whatever, you may not believe in because they're abusing that power for their own personal means. And so that has happened with the Federation at times. So her having questions about it, uh, I think it's fair because Picard in a bit of like a selective amnesia, he goes against the Federation multiple times, just like every captain that we watch in, in the wow. these shows, they constantly violate Federation guidelines or Federation ethics or whatever, because the Federation can be wrong. And so they yeah. have to, you know, so uh, the fact that he couldn't see that she was doing the same things that he had in essence trained her to do, he had seen, she had seen him do was so interesting until the end when he kind of comes to terms with it. So, just great stuff overall with what we're getting with these storylines and having her come in to bring the weight of it all. And then boom, having her do the ultimate sacrifice and staying true to who she is as a person and her, the willingness she has always had to sacrifice herself for the things that she believes in. And in this moment, she believes in Picard to figure this out because even with all their bullshit, she still believes in who he is as a captain and his capabilities and his, his uniqueness as a captain and that's why she sacrifices herself so just phenomenal stuff man from top to bottom really yep. enjoyed this shit um all right anything more to add on these on these storylines bro before we take a break and jump into raphael wolf we can just continue gushing and talking about how much we love it but we might as well i think we've said all that we can say about how good it is <laughs> all right let's take a quick break we'll jump into raphael wolf right after this 
All right, Mike, let's head on over to Raffi and Worf, who are, when we see them, they're having a nice little uh, fight almost in the X-Men room. They're training uh, with each other, uh, talking about their weaknesses and the, and the importance of finding out what the weakness of your opponent is and using that against them. Uh, then a call comes in for Worf from his handler, and we find out that, that uh, both Raffi and Worf are denied access to, the, to Daystrom Station, but they're encouraged to find another way. Uh, this pisses Rafi off, and she talks about all she's sacrificed, and Worf says, you don't know what I've sacrificed. And uh, Worf, thinks, Worf thinks it's someone above his handler who is making the call to stop them, uh, but Rafi also is saying, like, what does this mean that we have to find another way? Clearly, they want us to find out what's going on. And she even says, I will sacrifice myself to find out. I'll break into Daystrom myself, she says. But they want to, they debate how a bunch of changelings could get into Daystrom Institute when it is protected by this sophisticated AI system. And immediately my mind is like, Lord, 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 Lord. Anyway, they need to find someone in Sneed's orbit to explain how the changelings were able to do this. A wharf goes through a list of people, which I'll get to the Easter eggs later, and uh, falls and comes upon this name, Kryn, who is kingpin of the Valashi crime syndicate, specializes in infiltration and security stuff. They head down to District 6. They think they are the alphas of District 6, and then Rafi uses that to call out who they're looking for, which is Kryn. Uh, and we see uh, Kryn, event we see nothing happen. Nobody shows up. So Worf goes into this kind of meditation patience area, and we wait for Kryn to show up. Kryn shows up, and he is a Vulcan, Mike, and turns the tables on them. He knows what they're doing, what they're using uh, to a fool to try to fool him. Uh, and so he turns it around on them, and he knows what's going on. And he reveals his connection to Sneed. Worf uh, tries to use his Starfleet intelligence uh, because they're both captured now as a defense. But Kryn cuts him off and says they must they must now fight each other or both die. Rafi and Worf must fight each other. Worf references his words from the training battle and they go at it for a little bit. And she eventually stabs him and Worf dies. Uh, and and then and then we see that uh, then we see Kryn say to, to Rafi, "You're not going to work for me, and if you don't, I'm going to go after your ex-husband, the son, whoever you love. I'm going to come after him. You better believe it." She's like, "I no way am I going to work for you." And then Worf turns the tables on Kryn and kills everybody around Kryn, and then rolls up on Kryn and starts to interrogate him. Kryn says that Daystrom security has illogical flaws, which he discovered and he used to his advantage with a device he brokered to obtain. When they ask for the device, he says, it is logical that I surrender the device to you. And then we cut later to what we talked about, the end of the storyline here with uh, Riker and Roe and Picard. Uh, they get an incoming transmission. Uh, uh, it is Worf. Worf thinks he's contacting Roe, and he is surprised to see both of them. Uh, and they have this back and forth about what this is, what this means and what this is uh, kind of entailing. And he wants to know where Roe is. And uh, we see them both react to that question. And that's the end of the Rafi and Worf storyline. So, Mike, um, take, it gives us a little bit of a break from the heavier storyline yep. of everything going on on the Titan. But what did you think of this uh, situation here with these two, Rafi and Worf, and then Kryn? You know, I think I think when they when they first teamed up, uh, so a couple episodes ago, mm. we had said, "Oh, they're nice." I don't know that it's like it's a, it feels a little forced. I don't love it, but like I yeah. really settled into the two of them with each other, and like just maybe it's just like the action and the fighting together. But mm. I, I'm really digging the vibe that they have. Yeah, I'm digging this older, calmer wharf. <laughs> <laughs> meditating, <Just> like, meditating, <laughs> doing his thing, and I'm and I'm digging Rafi being like, "What are you doing?" 
You're going to meditate? Yeah. Like, what do you, or like when he gets really mad and he's like, you don't know what I've sacrificed. And she's like, could you not poke holes in my floor every time you want to prove a point? <laughs> like, there's just a lot of really nice lines and banter with them yeah. and kind of having Worf be this calmer, yeah. cooler yeah. head wiser person and Raffi being the fly off the handle fuck yeah. the shit what's going on like it's just a really fun dynamic that they're playing like it feels true but right. they're also playing it for laughs and a lot of funny like when they're down there um and she's like shooting the gun and she's like all right motherfuckers yeah hi, we're here and we're doing that and he just sits down he's like i'm gonna meditate until it writes itself <laughs> exactly and you're like wait like, what? come on you're like dude you're a klingon go go, <laughs> go bust some shit up um, so like, I thought that was all really fun. I thought yeah. the, the concept of a Vulcan crime Lord was yeah. really interesting. And I loved how Rafi kind of called it out. Like I never thought I'd see a Vulcan kingpin of crime. And he's like, in any system, there's going to be crime. It's logical to sort of take control. And you're like, yeah, all right, you know what? So. This is a, it's maybe a little bit of a jump for Vulcan logic, but I'll take it. So yeah, it was really interesting. Like, you know, it was a, it was a, a Klingon, a Vulcan and a human walk into a uh, back alley <laughs> and let's see what happens. So, yeah. and I also really did like, I mean, it, it, it was a really nice slow reveal. Like the reveal of why is your handler saying no, but still wants us to get answers and him saying mm -hmm. like, I think it's up above my handler. Like my handler wants to handle it. It's above them. Yeah. And then when you sort of, when Rose says to Picard, I have two people on the ground, the two people I trust to do this, they're getting really close. You're like, oh, wow, okay, this this is how these two things come together. Yeah. This is great. Um, and then leading up to the ultimate, uh, all right, Worf is in the mix now. You know, like, yeah. so we've, yeah. in, your, in your next generation bingo card, we're like, all right, we got Picard, Riker, and Crusher over here. We had Worf over here. Worf is now here. Now where's Jordy? Let's get Jordy. <laughs> and now let's get them all on let's an get, Enterprise bridge. Let's get like it all. I, I'm yeah. going to lose my shit mm. when these when this whole team plus seven of nine plus Shaw plus whoever else yeah. are all on some ship together. And Picard says engage, and we are all going to lose our goddamn minds because they because because they've built it in a way that earns it like yeah, I, I like I, I will say like before just really quick I will say yeah, that like yeah. you know when 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 they announced season three and you saw that they were just like trotting everybody out yeah I was like well from a nostalgia standpoint I'm gonna watch this because I love next generation and even though Picard particularly season two was kind of like ah, I don't know if I can keep up with this anymore I, I don't know <laughs> yeah, no but I'll, I'll watch this for the nostalgia yeah. But I didn't think that they were actually going to earn the nostalgia in the way that they are. And man, are they earning it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love so much about what is going on now. Like, I agree with you. Uh, my, I think there's, whereas people were kind of like, ah, the Raffian War storyline kind of slows things down a little bit. We need the break. We need the break. And we need to understand there are people on the ground who are exploring this like you guys are finding out about it in space. There's the, you got to have the, 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 uh, the front, the fight on two fronts. And it makes sense that they're down there trying to figure out what's going on. Rafi makes the most sense. Uh, if you're going to bring her back to be uh, kind of the point person on this and you bring in Warfin as essentially uh, her teammate on this whole thing, but also the muscle, the backup in all of this. So just works on so many levels. And I dig their chemistry now. 
Crin coming in. Kirk Acevedo doing a fantastic job. Yeah. He was on 12 Monkeys as well. I used to eat breakfast sometimes and see Kirk show up there at the at the uh, farmer's market on 3rd Street. So it's great. A quiet dude, always kept to himself, did his thing. He's always got that kind of voice. So he was a great choice for this. What an interesting new Vulcan to throw in. And of course, it makes sense. For the other Vulcans to shine, you must have the counter. It's only logical. So all of that works so well. And then when he surrenders the thing, it's all logical. So it makes sense. So so much of this works so well. So now we're getting closer and closer. The Daystrom Institute stuff is crossing over. So what does this mean uh, overall down the road for uh, what we're going to have revealed? And of course, it means now that the storylines have finally intersected and going forward, they're going to be working together to figure out what's going on as the Titan has now taken off and become fugitives and Worf and Rafi have got that device to figure out what happened at the Daystrom Institute and maybe breaking in themselves to the Daystrom Institute to find out what's going on. So very fascinating. Do you think Lore will be the main villain brother or do you think Lore will be the data and will they do a bait and switch and he'll essentially replace data and be helping uh, Picard and Riker and all of them to discover who the hell is doing all of this? Because it might be affecting him too. What do you think? I mean, I'm gonna go with Laura the big bad. I mean, they're they're if they're pulling Rolaren out, like they're pulling out all the stops with like deep cuts to next generation. Yeah. And it just feels like I can't remember. Was the last episode with Lore where he had all the Borg with him? I'm trying to remember where like the Lore storyline ended up. I'm gonna have to go dive into some next generation okay. and see. But I'm I'm kind of pegging him to be the person who has riled up the changelings but you might be right i mean maybe there is a the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing and whatever the changelings are doing is so huge and so big that whatever they took from the daystrom institute is so dangerous that even lore is like yo i know we all ain't the best of friends but (laughs) but i'm gonna hop up on this bridge like so it could it could go either way like i i could see it going i mean like it's 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 really like they are they're pulling on every thread yeah you know i mean like they're just pulling on every thread right now and if you were a fan of i mean because particularly like rolaren bajoran yeah the bajorans and the cardassians and everything about the maquis and what they were upset about really fed into what deep space nine was and then deep space nine kind of led into like this whole dominion war and the changelings and everything so like if you're a deep space nine fan that's huge but even like the maquis like that's what voyager was it was it was janeway and her crew and chakotay and the maquis having to work together so this picard feels like the culmination of if you were a trek fan in this era of Star Trek, where it was next generation into Deep Space Nine into Voyager, yeah. this just feels like the culmination of so much of it. Um, so whatever, so whatever lore, whatever piece lore is going to play, yeah. Uh, at this point, like this is one of those moments, kind of like end of phase three of MCU, where you just reach a point where you're like, I could trust Fall. Like yeah, you yeah. got me. Like I, I have ultimate faith that this is going to lead me to a satisfying conclusion, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see for sure. And listen, they already name dropped Janeway. Certainly, Janeway seven of nine. Uh, you know, and in real life, Kate Mulgrew and Jerry Ryan, not the <laughs> easiest life, relationship when she re- came on the show. In real life, that was rough. In yeah, real life, exactly. that was rough. So, so are we going to have a Roland Picard situation with those two in 
it kind of mirrored in real Listen, life here with this situation. So I mean, I'll I've been having things. I've been having all the Janeway that I could possibly oh, want in Prodigy. Prodigy. I've been loving that. The yeah. got I got I got hologram Janeway. I got Admiral Janeway. I got all the Janeways. <laughs> if she shows up here too, I'm just there's just the cherry on top for me. <laughs> Uh, so real quick before we wrap up, let's hit some of these uh, streamlines. Uh, uh, sorry, some of these um, uh, Easter eggs here. I'm so used to saying streamlines. Anyway, here we go. Uh, Captain, as long as I mentioned Riker's first time. Yeah, the Dominion War and the blood test. We hear about the blood tests here uh, throughout. This is referenced. Uh, it became central to the narrative in the DS9 episodes, Homefront and Paradise Lost. Though Odo suggests the Federation used blood screenings in the episode, The Adversary. Um, and then Worf's knife that he uses there is the, is the Klingon knife that was introduced in the search for Spock. So still going back to the original series movies here. The AI system is so interesting uh, because the Daystrom Institute has played a ro big role in Picard since season one. But remember, it goes all the way back to the original series with the episode The Ultimate Computer. And in Discovery season two, it was a huge plot point. There was about sophisticated AI that had oh, run yeah. amok. So something curious uh, in there as well. Now, when Worf is looking for who to talk to, all the list of people here, uh, we see Laryl of Renya, which is a DS9 criminal, Sneeda Ferengar, who'd already got his head decapitated, Toluco, who'd already been, oh, actually got killed, and then Toluco got decapitated. Morn of Luria was apparently a regular customer of Quarks in Deep Space Nine. Brunt of Ferengar is a shady Ferengi, Feren, Ferengi operative from DS9 that was played by Jeffrey Combs, the reanimator himself. And Thadian Akuna of Omega is listed, and that's from the outrageous Akuna episode from The Next Generation. And Billy Campbell played him, and that he just appeared in Prodigy. So interesting stuff is there as well. The mobile emitter, uh, which was the, that was creating the hologram of Rafi there when that, when that whole in that whole storyline was introduced in Star Trek Voyager in the episode Future's End Part 2. The USS Intrepid, we've been hearing about since the episode The Court Martial from the original series, but we've rarely seen it on screen. And this is apparently, this version is a Dirtostat-class warship. Uh, we mentioned already the stuff that he that uh, Shaw mentions in the elevator all the way down. Uh, and then, of course, everything with Rolar. And so uh, good, good stuff uh, overall. Uh, and then, oh, Guinan, right. You remember Guinan, Guinan don't yeah. you? So that represents, because uh, Guinan, it's a reference to the TNG episode, Night Terrors, in which Guinan busted out a huge phaser rifle from behind the bar in 10 forward on Enterprise D. So that is a part of this thing as well. The Collis technique, which is what uh, Worf is using when he's meditating there in the battle and later with uh, when he's captured. Um, it was first mentioned in the Savage Curtain, but it was also in the TNG episode, The Rightful Heir. It's a technique he used to fake his death. So there you go. Those are all the Easter eggs that I could find and list here on the show. So much, and you don't even need the Easter eggs, right? But it certainly adds wait if you're a star trek fan to factor in the easter eggs of all the things that they're referencing with the conversations in the back and forth so i also think as much as you pointed out some of the deaf stuff they're doing with some of these characters the way they're weaving in the star trek mythology is yeah. so smart that you don't need it but if you have it, it it adds just so much more enjoyment to the episodes for sure no absolutely they're doing they're doing a really great job of you, I think when it comes to like these big legacy franchises where you have yeah, yeah, yeah. so much history and you have so many episodes and you have so much stuff going on, like there's the danger of like 
drowning your audience yeah you like the yeah. audience like is like there's so much information that i'm like i feel like i have to go like read a textbook to watch the episode right which is not great um but they're doing this really nice job of if you're just watching this as a casual trek person you grew up loving next generation and you don't yeah. quite remember everything you kind of oh yeah ro laren she was somebody like you don't need all the easter eggs to enjoy it like it is a very compelling yeah. story all on its own and everything else, all the dressing, all the details, all the names, all the everything else they're doing is just like, if you're a hardcore fan, you can go deep. And like, that's the best thing is it's not, they're not gatekeeping a fandom. Like they're, they're making a show that is accessible to the casual Star Trek fan yeah, yeah. and really satisfying to the hardcore Star Trek fan at the same exactly. time. Exactly. It's, it's not an easy thing to do for sure. Um, all right, well, there you go. That's our spoiler review for this episode of Picard Imposters. Certainly a lot of fun breaking it down with the returning Michael Vogel. Michael, what do we have to tell him? All right. If you would like to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, you can follow him at the Roca says, if you would like to follow me, you can follow me at MK tune. And in addition to all of that, if you are enjoying nerding out on Trek with me and Johnny, and you want to continue nerding out on Trek with me and Johnny, here's yeah. what you can do to help us out. You can hit that like button below, subscribe to Johnny's outlaw nation page, check out all the amazing content he's got. We talk DC, we talk Marvel, we talk, star wars we talk star trek we talk all of the geeky stuff right here uh so check it all out leave your comments below what did you think of this episode what do you think of picard overall how do you think laura's gonna figure into this where are we gonna see jordy like let us know all of your thoughts below in the comments and if you are listening to us on a podcast please leave us some stars and some comments so we go up in the rankings there so more people can find us and as always the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video post it to your socials, send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there you go always so fun and of course big shout out to carbon health who continues to power and sponsor us through the month of march carbonhealth.com go and check them out for your healthcare questions concerns or needs even if you're a changeling go and check and go and get checked out by them in case you got stuff even going if on you're you. a changeling he <laughs> said and, and jack you better go get checked out by uh, carbon health to see what's going on with you son uh they've also got an app that you can download to have a doc in your pocket for any of those concerns on the go all right y'all take care of yourselves be well and we'll talk to you next time with another spoiler review episode of Picard here from the Geek Buddies. Hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.